This is Colossus, and you are listening to The High Regard Show. The High Regard Show. It's no longer a vacation. It's a quest. Check out The High Regard Show. New episodes every Monday. Hey everybody, I'm Tom. And I'm Nikki. And this is the High Regard Show. In which we talk about things we hold in high regard. Very high. High above Harlem. Way up on the third floor. Moving on up. Oh, it don't get better than that. No, sir, it doesn't. And welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Welcome to the unofficial first show of summer. Oh, yes, it is the unofficial first show of summer. It's unofficially officially summer. Why wouldn't it just be officially summer? Because summer doesn't start until like the 20-something of June, technically, by the great calendars dictated by the Mayans or what have you. There's absolutely no need for that. I feel like as soon as it reaches 80 degrees out, summer's here. And it has. It's coming. It's coming for officially, but... I mean, I think a lot of people feel that way. Like, Memorial Day is, like, the official kickoff. Labor Day is the official closer. Like, let's just call it what it is. It's summer. Yeah, I think they need to shift around the calendar a little bit. Make it suit our needs and our holidays. Yeah, like, why don't we make the all the travel holidays, like, in the spring so that you don't run into, like, all the tourists from around the world. You just run into the local tourists, like, when you have to travel. Like, as if, because I feel like, you know. There's always going to be tourists everywhere. I though. understand there's always going to be tourists anywhere, but, but everyone has off during wants. the summer. So there's a huge influx of tourism during the summer. Sure. So, like, if you had, like, your major holidays, like, I don't know what everybody else's major holidays are. I know, like, Christmas and Hanukkah and, you know, Passover and Easter and, like, all of those holidays are, like, at good times of the year. But, like, if you know that all of Europe is out of schools during the summertime and we're all out of schools during the summertime, well, that kind of screws everybody. So I feel like you should make the United States should have maybe their long holiday, maybe during the winter, maybe, and Europeans can have theirs during the summer. And then when we go to travel, it's a little bit more spread out and a little less Oh, my God. You just want, whenever we plan to travel, you just want to make sure that you go during a time when... No one else is around because Nobody's Tom there. wants the world to be his oyster and his alone. Nobody. In fact, our last Vegas trip was during the summertime. Was that not true? It was like right That's around the summertime. That's really? a complete lie. Yeah, I last, thought it was. Our last Vegas trip was when we went to the AVNs in January. Oh, yeah. That was crowded. That was not crowded. Not really. Like, it wasn't as bad. Hmm. I've become what it was. I feel like summertime's a good time to go to Vegas, though. Well, yeah, because it's so wicked hot. Yeah, yeah, like nobody wants to be out in like the desert in the middle of like a heat wave. Mm, very true. And as you sit in your cars and listen to us, you'll probably guess what our show is about this week. But before we go into it, why don't we go into what you heard? You know what I meant. And let's take it from there. Yeah. 
So this week's You Heard comes to us right from our own home. Which what? I overheard a gentleman talking with another gentleman very, very loudly in between our building and the apartment building next door. You know where the infamous parties happen. Oh, I know where they happen. <laughs> Can't escape that shit. And they were just going on and on about stuff. And I just, of course, was just sitting there perched with my pen because I was like, this guy's going to be like blasting some nuggets my way. <laughs> and he gave me Better this. put your helmet on. <laughs> and he gave me this one. You got me out of bed for this bullshit? <laughs> and I figure it's appropriate with this, this, you know, this week's theme of just like, you know, kind of traveling and the things that go with, that go along with it that aren't really good about travel. And that's this week's You Heard. What? I was actually sitting here when that guy was yelling that stuff and going on and on. Like he was having a whole conversation. Like there was like a bathroom. Like he was talking about like a bathroom situation with like his woman or something. Like it was very strange. Like there was a lot of stuff that I didn't write down that I kind of regret now because it was a bit of a crazy convo that we overheard. It definitely was. That is somebody who sounded like he needed a vacation. He really, yeah, like from his own life. But today we're talking about the people who are actually returning from vacation because by the time this gets released, it'll be Memorial Day. It will be Memorial Day. And, and then you're back to work for the rest of the week. And then maybe you've got a vacation, you know, another vacation planned for later this summer. Or, or like we, us. Probably, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a short week, which is. is good. That's always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Definitely. Definitely. But we want to talk a little bit about the traveling process. The trials and tribulation of travel. Right. And how maybe you could handle it. Because right now, if you're listening to us in a car, or if you're listening to us in a train, or if you're listening to us on a plane, chances are this is like the worst part of your traveling. What, listening to us? No, not listening to us. Like, coming home is always like the worst part of traveling. I hate traveling. I hate being in a plane. I hate being in a bus. I like going somewhere. I don't like getting somewhere, but I like arriving like I know you know last year we talked about what I thought was a wonderful Jamaican vacation Mm -hmm. once we got to our destination Mm -hmm. which was the Dunn's Jewel River Resort in Jamaica which was absolutely exquisite I and had a hell of a time Tom did too regardless of what you may hear in the episode that we did about this last summer um, almost around the same time of year um he just, like, the traveling just soiled everything for him. Even the beautiful view that our room had, even the endless alcohol, like, the free food, like, everything, everything. The beautiful water, which he hates, and I get it, but, like, every single thing about that trip gets overshadowed by the traveling that took us to get there. I mean, like, we were, we looked at, like, a 14-hour travel day. And, yes, it fucking sucked. I'm not going to lie. But, but to me, it was everything else that happened there. It was just like, okay, once we got to the resort and we were there for a few days, it was like, it doesn't matter. It was worth it to me. We could have... It is literally 
a resort that is 40 minutes past Florida, which is a two-hour flight. And it takes 14 hours to because get Because we there. were on a shitty airline. Spirit. Spirit's yes. the airline. <laughs> but... It's, it, Spirit is called such because it breaks your spirit. That's why it's called Spirit Airlines. Because it breaks you into just wreckage. Oh, yeah, man. It's like the worst airline as far as I'm concerned. I mean, we flew on a lot of different flights over the years. Spirit, without a doubt, is the worst I have ever been on, ever. But luckily, we didn't get forcibly removed from it. We didn't get accused of molestation. We didn't get our giant rabbit killed. Like, you can't. Like, so many things have happened on airlines in recent weeks. Right, exactly. And airline travel was bad a year ago. It is horrific right now. I don't know what it's going to turn into in a year from now. Like, I don't understand how all of these airlines are having such like catastrophic issues. And it's not just like service things like service outages. Like, you know, we see with the subway all the time. There's always technical bullshit with subways here in New York. But like airlines are having like customer service catastrophes. Right. Like human catastrophes. Like I would say 15 years ago. The worst thing about airlines, maybe 20 years ago, the worst things about airlines was the report that came out in the news that the water system somehow flowed through, I don't know like how it happened, but there was fecal matter in ice on airplanes. And people were getting like really, really sick and they couldn't find out why. And then finally like... This news group went on and they started testing all different parts of the airplane and they realized two things. One, there was, um, you know, if somebody has a cold in the plane, all the air recycles through like well, yeah. those vents. So that's number one why people get sick. Number- I hate it. I, I get sick every time we fly. Like, And I'm like already like on red alert when I sit next to somebody who's coughing or sneezing. Like, oh, yeah. It's disgusting. Like, but it doesn't matter. canned air. Yeah. If somebody sneezes in the front of the plane, it's going to go through that ventilation system. And it's going to blow out of you on the back of the plane. Like, There's no escape. Once you're in it, you're in the incubator, basically. You are. You're in the incubator. But then they found out the other thing people were getting sick from is the fact that there was traces of poop. fecal in the ice that poop people the were ice. ordering. So every time you'd get a drink, you'd be drinking that. So they were like, you know, if you need to drink, you know, anything, make sure that it's canned, make sure that it's bottled. You know, I don't have a recollection of that. Really? But I know that there was a reason, like every time I'm on a plane, like I usually try not to drink as much because like I don't ever want to go in an airport, like an airplane bathroom. Like yeah, I no. very, very rarely will go in an airplane bathroom because I just don't like public restrooms to begin with. I just, ugh. But like that, like, oh my God. Like I've never once been on a bus air bathroom, but like an airport, like I think I can count like on two fingers how many times I've been. And like even when we went to Ireland and we were on like a plane for like five or six hours, like I did not go in the bathroom and I had to pee so bad. <sighs> I was like, I'm not doing it. Like I'm not fucking doing it. There'll be bathrooms when you land. Just hold it in. Put a cork in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, but I knew that there was a reason why I never had ice. Like, and they'd be like, oh, you want ice with that? And I'm like, no, I'll drink like a warm can of Coke or like a warm water. Like, so that must be why. Yeah. So I must have knew- known that and just kind of like... That's it. Yeah, and and you know that was the worst of it. Now people are getting 
forcibly removed from planes. People are getting punched by airline staff. I mean, you know, we were going over stories before when we were prepping for the show. Mm-hmm. And just the stuff that we came up with was like and just, ridiculous. And it was headlines from like the last month. Like maybe yeah. the la- the last two months. I mean, like we can like we we'll, we'll, we could touch on it briefly. Like you know, there were two, there were three girls, one that was ten, and two other girls that were young teens that were removed from that were denied boarding because they were wearing leggings, <laughs> which is like because they were part of like they had like a special pass for I think it, I forget what airline it was, but they, I want to say it might have been United or Amer- it was either United or American, and it was yeah whichever one like dragged the guy off. Um, and because they were flying with like special passes that are reserved for employees or friends and family of employees and they're supposedly held to like higher standards of dress like they have like a strict dress code so it's like okay you can forcibly remove someone by dragging him physically off of a plane fucking him up to the point where he loses two teeth and is like completely just fucked up physically but you gotta look good doing but it. But you can't wear leggings, like. But like, you have a high standard of clothing. All right. Here's here's the thing with the leggings. You can't ban it on a plane if you can't ban it in the streets. <laughs> because I swear to God, man, I am willing to bet anything that if you put leggings on little kids. They're not going to look half as bad as the leggings on some of the people that roam the streets up here in Harlem. Easy now. Like, what do you give me a strange look for? It's true because you look at some people and you're like going, man, that is not something you should be going out of the house in. You know damn well that's the case, whether or not it's the right thing to say or not. I personally wear them only under other things, you know, as tights. Like, you know, I wear them under skirts and things like that. But like... Look, I'm not saying it's bad. You can't. And if look, man, I get it. It's comfortable. I'm, but but I'm, I get what you're saying. That like, you know, there are people that just consider them like dress pants and things. Like, there's even a commercial that makes fun of a girl. Like, I think it's like a credit card commercial or something like that. And she like her friends like, oh yeah, like this phase where I went like where she was wearing it with like a blazer for work, and her friend was like, no, like you can't wear leggings for work, like as pants. But that's what we're in. We're all about comfort. And if you're going to want to be comfortable on a normal day, you're definitely going to dress comfortable if you're going to go traveling somewhere. Oh, yeah. Because traveling sucks. Yeah, traveling absolutely sucks. I wear, like, elastic pants. Like, I will admit, like, I wear, (laughs) like, my elastic pants when I'm traveling because it is so uncomfortable to sit in an airplane seat, especially as a bigger girl. Well, yeah, just in general, it sucks sitting in an airplane seat. I mean, for anyone, but... You know, the fact of the matter is, is I would think that unless you're exposing yourself, I as an airline, especially an airline with so many issues of late, I would say come in and be as relaxed as you possibly can so everybody stays calm and we all get to wherever we're going and everybody's happy when we land and that's it. Exactly. But it's not always just the airline workers that are starting this crazy shit and like not letting people come in dressed how they need to be or want to be dressed or beating people up in the aisles to get them out of their seats so they could put somebody on a flight that they overbooked themselves like and how do you figure that somebody on standby 
is more prestigious than somebody who's already in the seat and pull them out to put that person on. I'm thinking of it as if I'm already in the seat, I got here first. Fuck you, man. Right. Like, exactly. Like, we all pay. And like there were people like people who got like that guy got removed because he refused to deplane when they asked for volunteers. And he was a doctor. And he was a doctor who has said he had patients the next day that he was traveling to. And <clears throat> they needed to make space for four flight crew. So they ended up like forcing a couple. And I believe the one couple that was removed or this happened on another flight where like people were overbooked. But like it was a couple on their way to their wedding. Like they were getting fucking married or they were going on their honeymoon or something like that. And it's like, I'm sorry. Like it is, you know what? Your crew members need to find another spot to go. Because if you had four crew members that need to go someplace, like you sold these seats to human beings who spent their hard-earned money on a flight. Because it is fucking expensive to travel. It is so expensive. Mm-hmm. And you are you expect me who paid my, I don't care what kind of hotel you put me up in near your airport. Yeah, well, that's it. Let me put me up in like a nice hotel near the airport. Put me in a luxury hotel where I'm not going to be able to sleep at all because I'm going to be hearing planes flying exactly. by all night long. Exactly. Like, it's it's not like the people that like oh, refuse to deplane and like they're horrible people. No, you're horrible because you overbooked a flight to a point where you had to forcibly remove people or take people who everybody has a reason that they're on that plane, whether they're going to visit a sick relative, whether they're going to on a vacation, whether they're traveling for business, whoever, it doesn't matter why they're on the flight. They're on the flight because they paid for their ticket. Right. And you don't need four crew members to handle a fucking drink cart. Because you're not offering food no, anymore or anything were, like that. Right, exactly. They were just for extra crew members. They were, Yeah, like they were for crew members who needed to get someplace else. Right. So they weren't even crew members of Working. the flight. Right. Yeah. We, oh, my God. Like I would be so – and like I understand, you know, they want to get home as well and like – or get to where they need to go. But like that is not my problem. Nope. But it's not always their fault. Just today I was reading a story about this guy who – while the plane was getting ready to taxi, undid his seatbelt, as the seatbelt sign came on, got up. The stewardesses tried to stop him from getting up out of his seat. He proceeded to try to bite them while other people try to subdue him. He makes it to the main door of the cabin, opens up the door, and jumps out onto the tarmac and tries to run away. Before being subdued by ground crew who were stopping him from running to... To possibly get hit by another plane. Exactly. And it's kind of like, it seems like everybody goes on the plane and they're losing their mind. What did they, like, what was the reasoning? Has Have they said yet? Like, there's still, they like, under investigation? They said it's still under investigation. Obviously, the guy lost his mind. He looks like a lunatic. Um, you know, and he, you know, was basically going to run into to plane traffic. Like, can you even just imagine, like, you're on a plane and then, like, you, like, I've been on planes where, like, we have been, like, it was my first trip to California. I was so excited. Never been, like, really anywhere. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to California for two weeks. Woohoo! We get on the plane, like, we're flying. Like, we are, like, at that speed where, like, we're still on the runway. And, like, but you know how, like, it's rampant. Like, you go really, really fast before takeoff. Uh-huh. Just as, like, we heard, like, the sound of, like, trying to go, like, just about to pull up on the the landing gear and the plane just like touches back down and like we jerk to like a stop like almost instantaneously and everybody like jerks forward 
we have like some kind of fuel issue. Oh, shit. So like, but imagine like you're like on your thing, like you're on the flight and then like all of a sudden like you have to stop because you've hit someone who has run onto the tarmac. Well, yeah, that, I mean, or even being on the plane with that guy. I mean, what do you do after something like that? Like, I would be frightened. Yeah, what do you, pull the plane over, and then you're like, you just turn around and you tell the passengers, like, oh, hold on, somebody just jumped out of the plane, I gotta close this door, and uh, we'll be we'll be on our way again. I'd be thinking, like, what'd the person leave behind? Like, exactly, like, what why was did so... he jump out of the plane, and we're all sitting in here, and you guys are gonna still go to our destination like, right that's yeah without like inspecting up, the plane like god forbid like because my first thought was like oh my god he left like a bomb on the plane or of something course. like of course because that's what like that's the world we live in and that's what you think about like yep. you know and i mean like it's the same thing like it's just very scary like what would you do and like you think that you would be this like i'm gonna be like a hero you know what i mean and it's like i'd probably sit there shit my pants like i would probably literally sit there and shit my i pants. think most people would I think most people absolutely would. But seriously, since 9-11, every time I've gotten on a plane, I've, like, looked around and was just thinking, like, look, man, we could go down no matter what. And I understand that air travel is safest form of travel out of any other travel. But the fact that if something goes wrong, there's really not... I think a very good survival rate. If no, you're of like course. Mid-air. Yeah, like you don't hear about like, oh yeah, there were 47 survivors, you know, survivors on a plane crash. crash. There's usually like one or none. <laughs> Which is why, logically, in my head, I'm thinking every time I get on a plane, look, if the plane is taken over, you might as well fight because if the plane goes down, you're dead anyway. Right. At least you got a 50-50 shot to beat away anybody who is you know, on here and might try to do bodily harm to you. If you just sit there, you're 100% going to die. So you might as well try to fight through it. I guess. But luckily, you and I, we don't make enough time or have enough money to, (laughs) like, go anywhere on a plane anytime soon. (laughs) So all of our traveling woes mostly come from the subway stations here in (laughs) New York City, which... This time of year, now that summer is, like, kicked in the gear, is going to get freaking insane. Or, as the governor says, Mr. Cuomo, (laughs) it's going to be a summer of hell. Right, and that he's speaking specifically of travel into and out of Penn Station, which Uh is just... A shit show. Like, I mean, that's the best, especially considering that, like, one of its one of its many recent woes was, like, sewage literally flowing through the concourse. So, like, it literally is a river of shit in, in Penn Station. But the thing is, Penn Station is an a, a major, major, not only a hub within the city, but it's a major East Coast hub. So a lot of people from, you know, D.C., Boston, and other places that have rail service like Amtrak come in and out of that station every single day. It is the busiest station in the United States because yes. it has three different rail services plus the New York City subway system that runs through it. So it's like they're going to be shutting down tracks to fix issues where like trains are crashing into each other and derailing like left and right and having like all these technical issues because the track is like a billion years old. And it's just, you know, so it's it's going to be a summer of hell there at Penn Station, but it's also going to be a summer of hell throughout the subway system itself. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
The subway system has been getting worse and worse as the years have gone on, and it's been getting more expensive. New Yorkers complain about it all the time. Mm -hmm. You and I have had plenty of discussions as to, you know what, like a hundred and what is it? It's like dollars a month. Yeah, is not bad to be able to travel anywhere you want, anytime you want. Right. Like, it's if a you card. Break that down. Yeah, and it's we have unlimited passes where you know, and a lot of employers do you know reimburse you to an extent for your subway travel because it is such a hefty expense. Like that's a lot of money. You know, one hundred and twenty-one dollars times twelve. But is it though? That's a but. When you think about it, yes, like it is a lot of money. But when you think about how much it costs, you know, and I have friends who live on Long Island or in New Jersey and they have to pay so much money for the LIRR or the New Jersey Transit monthly passes. Plus they have to spend $121 for the in, like the inside city subway passes. Plus but parking. But then they have to pay for a car that they have at their home because they where they live you need a car yeah you know and plus like you have to pay for gas and insurance like when we first moved here people were like oh my god you're gonna like you're gonna go broke you're gonna go broke because it's the most expensive city and yes shit is expensive here however we were able to get our lives like our financial lives on track for the first time ever because we did away with one huge black hole, and that was a car. Yeah. Because we came from Pennsylvania, where potholes are like the national, are like the state symbol. <laughs> where like I was replacing tires like every couple months because like you'd hit a pothole and you'd get a flat. Or the car insurance was like three hundred and some dollars. You know, it was ridiculous, and it was like once we got rid of that car, like we were able to save money because. So it's like when we hear people complain about like oh one hundred and twenty one dollars, it's like. Yeah. It could be worse. Well, like, yeah, our apartment doubled or even more than doubled compared to when we were living in Pennsylvania. And yet it's still cheaper to live here without a car than right. it was there. Mm-hmm. Plus right. you can make more money here as opposed to there too, So, which is another reason why. I mean it's just you know the economic stability of the city compared to you know anywhere outside of the city. Right. But um, you know the, the problem with the trains – are it's inconsistency. Like, if it was just dirty, who gives a shit? Like, I, I really would not care if the subways were dirty because growing up, the cities were always... Yeah. The, the subways were always dirty in the city. Like, And they wouldn't be like that, like they are back then. Like, they wouldn't get back to that level. But even if they did, it was kind of like, all right, if they show up on time and it gets me to where I'm going, that's what the most important thing and is. And as long as they're safe. Like, as long as, like, you know... Right. But that's a whole different issue. I feel like the city basically has made it safe because of all the cameras that they installed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't mind like the filthier trains, like the, like, you know, how they were. But like, I don't want to be like, am I going to get knifed? Am I going to get like, you know, because there were a lot of incidents. But now I do think with the cameras and stuff like that, like traveling on the subway is safer. So it's like. Right. And I don't see that getting worse because I feel like the NYPD that budget is what covers transit police. Mm-hmm. Like the the MTA doesn't cover the right. transit police budget. So I feel like it'll always be safe. It might get dirtier, but I don't care. I, I want to make sure that like if I have to be downtown, which, you know, let's say to Midtown from our apartment to Midtown should take 20 minutes. Like that, that's what yeah. it should take. Absolutely. Positively. I could be anywhere in Midtown in 20 minutes if I walk out my door and and get there. The other day, I waited 25 minutes for a train to come. Yeah. 
and it was like going this is insane man yeah. it's like going you shouldn't have to wait this long for a, especially in our station where we have four trains that come through our station and it was 25 minutes before, before any train yeah. came through. They should be here like every five to seven minutes is what it should come through. Yeah. And there was like like the other day I left work. I had to go to a, to a meeting and I had I left work an hour before. Like I always give myself an hour to get to where I need to go, especially if it's in like Manhattan to Manhattan, which it usually is. And I ended up getting to my meeting with like four minutes to spare. And I was only traveling from the financial district to Columbus Circle, which is like half of Manhattan. And I was on an express train. So it was like I had less stops. And we just like stayed in a station for like an extra 15 minutes. And I'm just like, what is this? Like, what is? Well, what's weird is years ago, there was such a huge influx of traffic and the city's plan was to introduce more buses, more subway cars, and then it would reduce the amount of traffic on the streets above. In which case, they would they lowered the price of the medallion so that more taxi cabs can come into the city. Mm-hmm. And if you are a tourist coming into the city, New York City does not want you renting a car and bringing it here. Yeah. If you live here... They don't necessarily even want you to have a car here. They make it almost financially impossible <laughs> for you to have a car here because Alderney started street parking. You're guaranteed to get tickets. Yeah. If you park in a garage, it's going to be the cost of whatever your car payment is. Right. When we had, yeah, because like the first month that we lived here, we had a car because we were going back and forth on the weekends. And it was like 120 bucks just for parking because we were like, we can't, we're not home because of like our schedules. We weren't home in time to like get good spots because by the time we got home from work, so all the spots else. were taken. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, we would drive around for like 45 minutes trying to find a spot. And it's just like, fuck it. Like I'd rather pay the 120 bucks that I really don't have right now because we had just moved. Yeah. And like, I'd rather just pay to keep it in a lot and not have to worry about it. Yeah. But that's, that's a crazy big yeah. expense now. Yeah. And now we're at the point here in our neighborhood where we used to be able to pull into because we have a garage right around the corner from us like literally around the corner from us and every time we have pulled up there recently they've always said we don't have any more spots like even here is overflowed where you can't even find a spot to bring your car so you know the idea of mass transit is kind of Getting to the point where it's like, if it's not going to be reliable, people are going to start driving in because it's their only other option. But even then, you don't know what the traffic's going to be like. But if you're somebody coming in here, like on vacation, like to Manhattan, just beware. Our train system is absolutely incredible. You can get anywhere using the subway stations. It's just a matter of how long might it take you to get to your destination right. once you get here. But if you've got time to kill, I mean, it is there. there is no better deal on the planet probably for traveling, or at least in this country, for traveling no, around agree. the city. Yeah, I totally agree. Because you can get from northern Manhattan and the Bronx to Coney Island on one shot. Yeah. You know, you can get to the beach and see that, you know, it, it's it's it is incredible. And the fact like and part of the problem that it's having is like, you know, this was the subway system was built before computers before. Like, I'm fascinated by how this incredible. like underground network of, you know, tracks and shit have been 
you know, were built before all of that stuff. But that's why it's in such disrepair because so many portions are like the original tracks that were laid back in like the early 1900s. So because our subway system is over 100 years old. So it's like, yeah, this shit's going to start breaking. And it's just like, you know, when you move into a house, like you build your own house, like, and this is something like my parents are going through, like they built their house in like 1983 and like all of a sudden all the shit started breaking at once because it was like, like it was like when they hit the 30 year mark, it's like, Oh shit, the dishwasher's going. Oh shit. The washer's going. Oh shit. This is going, you know, like all of these things start to go because they have to like, nothing is forever, especially stuff that's used as much as like the transit system. Yeah. But it's their planning that makes it such a nightmare as far as like how they re- go about repairing it. You know, I mean, we're in a city that does not sleep. Like, that's not just a clever catchphrase. Like, this city is open 24 hours. You can get anything, as we know, because we get delivery sometimes at 2 or 3 <laughs> o'clock in the morning if we can't sleep. Sometimes. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, for crews to go out and work overnight, not an uncommon thing. I think most people here in the city know, like, if I'm traveling after midnight, there's going to be a delay on well, the yeah, subways no matter is. what. Yeah, yeah. You, like, you just know. Because, like, and they're up all the time, and it says, like, there's signs up that say, like, weekend work, you know, midnight work and stuff like that. Because they do try to do it during, you know, off-peak hours. True. And when I was working at 5 a.m., I would ride the subway with a shit ton of construction workers whose shifts were ending at, like, 5 a.m. And that's what it should be, as opposed to, hey, we're going to do track work on the weekends and we're going to reroute local trains to run express and pass by, you know, 11 stops. And not for us, because you and I, we don't go out, you know, like on the weekends, like, you know, like a lot of people like, oh, I'm going to go out and like explore the city on the weekends. Well, like, I'd rather explore the city on the weekdays. As opposed to the weekends and running into like now I'm mixing in with tourists and locals all vying for a spot. I'd rather just deal with the locals and the few tourists that come in during the weekdays if possible. <laughs> Seriously, because the, the weekends here are insane. And even with all of those people coming into the city because they all have the same weekends off, mm-hmm. it's not the time to start working on the tracks because New York is all about a tourism-based business basically like people coming in from other areas it's how we make so much of our money once they get here to tell them sorry but you know our transportation is fucked for the weekends it's kind of like why would you screw those people over if that's what's generating so much of the city's income like work overnights not but they do though that's the thing like they do like it's almost like a 24 it's almost like a 24 hour work schedule yeah, I guess so, but, but I, I mean, mean like, there's I no easy way to no, do yeah. it. I feel like it should just hire more people instead of having those weekend crews come in. Just be like, look, we're gonna do more parts of each track all through the nights rather than do anything at all on the weekends because no, I get what you're it's saying. Just yeah. insane. Especially like even just thinking like where we are, you know, <clears throat> on our subway line, like you know, we have the Natural History Museum, which is like one of the stops on our local track mm-hmm. where, but sometimes it's like, oh, you can't get to that going uptown. You have to, so like you have to go from 59th street all the way up to 125th street. And then if you want to stop at any of those local stops in between, 
you have to take you have to go to 125th street and then work your way back down right or the opposite way where there's no downtown local trains so you have to like figure it out or you know just walk from 59th street to 81st which is what i highly recommend walking along the park or something like that yeah because luckily in this city you can walk pretty much everywhere mm-hmm. as long as you have the time to do it. And as long as you have the time and, you know, like the, the physicality to be able to do so. Like it's, I definitely love, you know, that's my favorite thing is walking around in the city. Which is probably the best form of transportation because the other form of transportation that people are probably running into with nightmares right now is driving. Cause that's, I feel like outside of the city that's the most common way to get around mm-hmm. but driving is a fucking nightmare on a holiday weekend or any time really like because especially here like you know i walk i often walk where like i could see the west side highway and there's constantly traffic on the west side highway which leads to um you know it runs along the whole west side of manhattan from you know down to like Battery Park and all the way up to like the George Washington Bridge. So it's a major thoroughfare for people coming in and out of the city via car. And it's like, it's constantly backed up. Like, I don't understand how you deal with that. No. And just nightly commutes, like just looking at people like, you know, you look at the news and they're like, oh no, this is like a live view from the Long Island Expressway. And it's like, there's one road that goes from Manhattan to Long Island pretty much that people take. I mean, there's Northern State and Southern State Parkway, but most people take the Long Island Expressway. And it's a nightmare. Yeah. It's such a nightmare. And no matter what they do, because like they built like HOV lanes on the Long Island Expressway, by the time they were done finishing the construction on that, the influx of people had grown to a point where it's still not enough lanes. Like, you just cannot avoid the traffic. No, and when we travel, like, to and from Pennsylvania or Long Island, like, if we have a car, like, you know, we borrow your his parent, we borrow Tom's parents' car when we go someplace and we need a car. So it's like we wait until, like, off-peak times. Like, when we went for Christmas, we waited until, like, 8 o'clock at night to leave New York on Christmas Eve just to make sure that, like, we did not hit traffic because it's such a high-traffic day. Like, holidays suck. And we usually will, like, miss a holiday just to stay later so that, like, we can just breeze through. And we ended up making it to, like, my parents' house in, like, two and a half hours. Yeah, which would usually take, you know, usually around three. But there have been holidays where we, like, left the city to go to the same location, and it's taken six hours. Yeah. Which is insane that it would take that long. And you would think, okay, maybe I can make it somewhere, you know, faster if I took some other kind of mass transit, like a bus. But the bus is a nightmare, and they don't stick to their schedule either. No, the buses are absolutely horrific, because that's, like, the only way that I could get to my parents, like, if we don't have a car. Right. Which we often don't, because it is, like, you know, a half-day affair to get a car, because, like, we have to work, and then we have to take the LIRR, and, like, and then you have to drive back in the traffic. So it's, like, it's it's like an all-day affair, almost, when we, like, do end up borrowing, you know, a car that we're lucky enough to have an option to have. Right. But, like... The bus, I I dread it. Like, I'm going back home in mid-June, and I'm, like, dreading traveling there. Because it is just so... As you still try to sell me on going, (laughs) as you tell me, oh, I'm dreading going. But it is. Like, it's just, like, the bus travel. Like, and, of course, it's, like, a plane where it's, like, we sell all these tickets. And then, like, you have to, like, I usually get there, like, an hour before because I have to, like, I prefer to sit up front because I get so car sick that, like, I have to sit, like, in one of the front seats, which is like designated for old people and like handicapped. And it's like, I'm sorry. You fit right in. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, I feel so bad. But like, 
I get, and like the buses jerk and like they drive so horrible. And then like they make 97 stops, like yes. 90 fucking seven stops. And it's like when my brother's home, he'll be like, oh, I'll pick you up at the like halfway mark. And it's like, oh, my God. It's like, oh, I could do this. It's just an hour. And then it's like, oh, my God. It's never know. just an hour, even when it's supposed to be just yeah, an hour. No. But even still, though, the as bad as a long distance bus ride is, I don't know if it's as bad as a local city bus ride because – I swear, man, there have been times where we have gotten on the bus to go like, I don't know, 25 blocks because we would go grocery shopping where we used to live Mm -hmm. here in the city. And after you get like a bunch of groceries, you don't want to go and take a cab 25 blocks. Like a 25 blocks is a mile. It just doesn't make sense to take a cab. But you get enough groceries. It's not like you can carry it back a mile either. Yeah. And a metro card is, you know, valid on a bus. So it's like, okay, great. So it's free if you pay for a monthly metro card. And you get on the bus and it's like, it could take almost 35, 40 minutes to go 25 blocks because it literally stops at every single corner, which is something if you're not used to taking buses, who, how the hell would you know that? Like, why would a bus stop at every single corner? I know. And then if you do, you're just like, how do you not know that? Exactly. <laughs> and, but I mean, for somebody coming in from out of town, you know, you you might look up reviews on like mass transit. And you might say, like, oh, man, New York City has a very extensive subway line. Whatever the subway doesn't reach, a bus does. I can get anywhere. But if you're coming into the city, chances are that you thought about things that you want to do here. You might not fit them all in because of the mass transit and the way it's set up. Right. Because traveling just blows, man. Nobody likes – nobody likes traveling. I'm not going to ever believe it. I like – I like going places, exactly. but like the traveling portion of traveling. Nobody wants to do that sucks. part. Nobody wants to do that yeah, part. No. But luckily, your holiday is most likely over if you're listening to us now, <laughs> or at least winding up. And, uh, you know, you won't have to worry about going on any more vacations until the kids are out of school or whatever in another couple of weeks from now. That's right. So. With that, would you like to roll into a roly poly roly? Let's roll in. All right. Roly poly roly. Roly poly roly. Now, this week's roly poly roly, we're going to throw a curveball at you. We are. It's going to be roly-poly Nikki this week, <laughs> who is going to lead the segment because her apparently her, your heard segment wasn't enough for her. She needs more today. Yeah, well, you know, one of the things, um, you know, that I missed when I was sick was that, you know, I couldn't drink a lot. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't really drink because of my situation. And drinking was never, like, I was never an alcoholic or anything like wow. that. But it was always, shut up. <laughs> God, you are not going to fucking judge me. I'm not going to judge you, fishbowls. You just go about your business. Who was the one who decided that, oh, we weren't going to share a fishbowl anymore. We were going to get our own. Well, it, just, it did not seem hygienic. Anyway. Oh, it didn't seem hygienic. Okay. Well, this week, um, I had the lovely, um, the lovely experience of talking to this brilliant woman from Britain who left a job in journalism to 
start her own wine company. And as somebody who was, you know, she was raised on, she was raised by what she called like a health entrepreneur mother who back in like, you know, she's, she's in her forties now. So like going back like 40 years, she was raised on like a no sugar childhood. So like her whole life, like that's kind of been a like, you know, it's in her DNA that like sugar is a really bad thing. And, you know, it doesn't deserve to be in everything like and it shouldn't be in things like it's in everything now. It's in medicines, it's in wines, you know, and a lot of people don't know that it's in wines like, you know, because they think like, oh, it's it's grapes, it's this, it's that. But like a lot of winemakers add a lot of sugar and additives to their wine. On top of natural sweetness. On top, yeah, <laughs> on top of like, on top of everything that like goes into making wine with the grapes. So there is this brand, I actually wrote about it a couple months ago, um, but it's now, it's called Skinny. And they have a, bu- like they have three different wines, um... <clears throat> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, well, I went back to uh, our our microphone antics now we before are, starting our are. story. Shut I up. see. All right, Shut go up. on. So they have they have skinny champagne because she was like she just got she fell in love with the romance of champagne and wanted to find a way to like really make it just 100% good for you. And so they have champagne, they have prosecco, and then they have um like a brute and it's called Skinny, mm-hmm. and it's made by a c- company called Thompson and Scott, which you can find at t h o m s o n and and a n d s c o t t dot com. And yes, it's a British company. Oh, we'll forget it then. <laughs> but <laughs> Skinny Prosecco has come stateside, so it's now mm. found in America in one market, which is Boston right now. But mm-hmm. she's looking to expand into New York and. Um, California and Miami and like the very very near future they've had a lot of interest there mm-hmm. but like Boston it's found in all these different places in Boston including like one place that Tom Brady who was like you know Boston's great son I roll I like how you say that <laughs> it's like one of his favorite restaurants called Sosi, and it's also found um, you know at a couple like distributors across the state and then it's going to be like kind of rolling out into other restaurants and bars in the greater Boston region and we got a sample of it. It bootlegged, is bootlegged. We sample. <laughs> I got it in the mail, and I was like, "Yes!" And it came just in time for my very first weekend off last weekend. And I pretty much drank the entire bottle by myself. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. Not in one sitting, but like over the course of like two days. And it was like it was really good. It was a little dry for me. I prefer like a, a sweeter wine. Right, because we're not really wine people, though. No, we, we, I'm we, like we I'm a trashy wine. wine. I'm a trashy right. wine drinker. We love Boone's Farm. <laughs> red right? cat i love red me cat. some red cat everybody yeah we love the red cat or <laughs> if we have to drink a fancy wine it's usually um uh what is that wine we always used to drink riesling riesling yeah well, which yeah, is riesling like a sweet i mean it's, it's yeah like the fanciest of the wines that we usually drink for the right. most part but wines are inherently dry for the most part adult wines right and like but the thing is like when it comes to like uh, like i love like i remember when we used to first go to your parents and your mom has her favorite red wine in a jug in a jug like (laughs) and it's like and she buys it like probably by the case or like the half case because like she enjoys like a glass of wine and i remember she does i had (laughs) one with her and i was like oh my god it's like way too dry for me but as i've gotten older in the time that we've been together because i have aged apparently apparently (laughs) 
apparently like I love a dry red wine but when it comes to white and sparkling like I need like just a little bit of sweeter but this actually was so good like it did have a really good flavor and it was like so light but it's a hundred percent vegan it has seven grams of sugar per liter Mm -hmm. and it has like 0.94 grams of carbs which is like unheard of when you think of like regular Prosecco because it's usually like the sugar content is wicked high especially in a sparkling wine so if you are watching your waist and you also love to imbibe and there's the Roly (laughs) tie-in yes you know you definitely want to keep your eye on when Skinny is going to be coming to you and if you're in the Boston area you should definitely check it out it is very good and she even said I asked her you know because Prosecco and Champagne aren't just like something that you have like oh I'm going to celebrate let's pop the cork they're very highly used now as a mixer I my brother makes like a ton of drinks with champagne and Prosecco like as the mixer like you know how you would use club soda or Sprite or something like that to make a cocktail and I said to her I asked her what her favorite drink is to make with her skinny Prosecco and she said she said get a blender Mm-hmm. just put in your favorite fruit she personally likes to mix peach and raspberry which sounds really yeah. interesting and delicious together and you just kind of like make a puree put it in a glass and like swirl it around and like get it on the sides and then you put the prosecco in and it's just like this like fruity cocktail and there's no added sugar that is awesome because it's just like real it's a real peach real raspberry right and like, and it's just like, does that not sound refreshing? Like, does that not sound like the yeah. thing that you should be thinking about when you're stuck on your plane or in that traffic? Uh, definitely. Or when you get to your destination. Exactly. I mean, maybe Boston is a vacation spot now people are going to want to go to yeah. in order to get their skinny Prosecco. Yeah. I mean, like, I definitely recommend, like, you try it. And, you know, and I know that, like, we kind of, like, this is going to be, like, the Nikki roly-poly Rorty. Like, I have been feeling very unhappy with myself lately. Like, I mm-hmm. have been just eating a lot like I cannot stop eating I cannot stop thinking about food I need to make a change I feel like I am just completely round right now and I'm having a really hard time like getting the willpower to lose weight and like to eat healthier but I feel like there's a lot of things going on right now like a but that's lot, not lot, an lot excuse like, but it is it is because it's psychological like you people people eat for either two reasons one is because they're hungry, obviously. <laughs> the second reason is because they need to fill their time with something. And instead of looking for other ways to fill their time, they look into the refrigerator because that's what I do. When I was going for the counseling to get ready to have the bariatric surgery, that's what they said. The one thing that you have to do is learn to like stop getting up and looking in a refrigerator. And I'm guilty of it too. I mean, I'm to the point now where if, you know, I'm sitting in, you know, sitting here watching TV and there's nothing on my only other options are to like start fidgeting on my phone, looking on the computer, both of which I do all day long and have no interest in like picking up again if I can avoid it because I'm just like, I want to just lay here and be mindless. I don't want to, once I turn on the computer, now all of a sudden I'm back in work mode again. So my escape is to go into the kitchen and go rummaging around. Right. So much to the point where I'm thinking it's just me, but in talking to doctors about it, because I said, you know, my biggest fear is this. I'm having a hard time sleeping right now. So when I'm up late, like way past the hour that anyone should be eating, like 
nine o'clock should be like cut off. There right. should be no more food after nine o'clock. I'm at a point where like at midnight or one o'clock in the morning, I'm like going, I can get a granola bar, which is the healthy choice because there are times where I like get up and I go and look in the refrigerator and like the other night, I was like, I have leftover falafel. It's one thirty in the morning. Maybe I should eat this. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, man, no, I should not be eating this at one o'clock mm -hmm. in the morning. And then once you kind of put that statement in your head where, you know, this, I know I shouldn't be doing this, just don't, you know, kind of bring yourself back a little bit and realize, I don't really need this. Right. I'm just trying to fill the time. And with you, I feel that's exactly what's happening. Like, because there are times where we'll like flash through the channels and we're just sitting here all relaxed and everything. And if there's nothing on, rather than focusing on something that we would be watching, you're focusing on all the stuff that's going on in your head. Yeah. And in order to distract you, you're like, well, there's nothing on TV. And I a don't want to pick up a computer. Right. And a lot of the stuff that like we, we watch on TV is, you know, like our stoner television, like adult swim and stuff where every commercial is a like it's a burger it's taco bell and it's not necessarily things that we want to eat but it's like planting that seed and like every morning i wake up with like the best intentions like i'm gonna get a smoothie today i'm gonna eat light today i'm gonna and it's like i just like i'm at the point where like i feel like i don't know how to eat anymore and it's not helping you because like i'm constantly picking at shit like i'm constantly like sh like just like snacking and like I get so hungry and it's like you're not hungry you're just nervous you're anxious you know yep. I've got like you know work is really busy it's very like you know life like there's so many things swirling around us right that it's just like I don't know how to cope and like food has always been the way that I cope right well it's and it needs to stop Yes, exactly. But and I can't have this like, you know you had bariatric surgery that really helped you with that kind of stuff you know so it's like, like, that's not an option for me. So it's like, I don't know what to do. Right. But I think that what the important thing is, is that you just think before you go into the kitchen. Like, is it that I'm really hungry or is it that I'm really bored? Because I feel like 90% of yeah. the time it's that and I'm it's, bored or, or you need a distraction from whatever it is you're yeah, thinking about. Like, yeah, like that's it. Because like I can, like I personally can only watch so much TV before I'm just like, I, I can't fucking deal with this anymore. And we've talked about this, you know, just like in the within like the last couple of weeks, I feel like we have watched, like we watch a lot of TV and while I love, you know, our late night stuff and we're lying in bed because that's like, that means like it's time to sleep and sleep and like us in our room is like my little safe haven you know after just like the, the loudness of the world and like the shit that i have Still to report on our room. Well, Are you kidding? but i'm just saying like the loudness of like the political climate and like you know some of like so much of that stuff that like i have to focus on for work like the, our room is just like we block out everything else that's outside this room when we can and there's not a party and you know the building but whatever which is rare <laughs> but it's like you know it's just so hard sometimes and it's like I had a really big thought and then I went on a tangent and I like lost it. Well, look, I think for you, the thing that's going to help the most is, is that we can still have snacks in the house, but we got to like reel in the types of snacks. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, there's going to be times where we're just like going, 
like last week we were like there's these new black and white Entenmann's donuts where we're like <laughs> we just have to try the black and white Entenmann's donuts because we love a black and white Entenmann's cookie right it's not the same like I don't know if I would do the donuts again no I would, it's, the cookies are the cookies are, are good and they're small like they're right. much smaller so it's like it's less damage right but like it's just like I don't know sometimes I just need to like like I don't know like I don't know if it's just like I need to like write like be writing more like personally or like I think it's just going questioning yourself exercise like if it's like go take a walk before bed or something like I don't know like it's just like I'm not fit like I go to work and like a lot like when I worked at my old jobs I would take like a like a lunch I'd be like you know because I was like whatever like I right. can take a walk and I would walk every single day on lunch. Now it's just like I have a lot of work. So it's like my walk is like go get something to eat and then come back. And it's like I've been trying to eat better. Right. Which you have been for lunch. Eh, and you, sometimes. For breakfast, it's kind of like how bad is your breakfast? Usually, well, usually, I, I mean, weekends excluded because yeah, weekends, weekends excluded. Like, right. Yeah. But I mean, like during the day, like I usually have because and this stems from like when I worked 5 a.m. where like I would bring a bagel. Like, Mm -hmm. I'd buy, like, you know, like, a six-pack of bagels from, like, Thomas's or something like that. Like, you know, Thomas's English muffins make bagel. Right. So I'd get that and put peanut butter on it. And that would keep me full until, like, from 5 a.m. until, like, my, like, noon lunchtime that I would take. So it's, like, I know that's not really that great for me, but it's, like, it keeps me full. And, like, that's the thing that I care about is that, like, okay, it's a little bit of protein, but, like, a bagel's not the greatest choice. So, like, now that I'm working, like, a normal time when, like, places or other places are open and there's food trucks and stuff, I have a really awesome smoothie truck that's right by my work that I've been going to for years and years and years of working in the financial district. Right. So, it's like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get that. And then, like, maybe I'll just have that for lunch. And then it's like, no, I'm going to have that as a second breakfast. And then I'm going to still get a lunch. So, it's like, <laughs> I'm constantly stuffing myself. And it's like, I don't know how to hand I don't know how to like balance it out anymore like I forgot how to eat right no I don't think it's that you forgot how to eat right I just think that it's psychological more than anything like you have to learn how to say I'm not hungry it's what it really is because I'm willing to bet that the majority of time you're not hungry you're just looking to kill time doing something if you got stuck at your desk you would make it without eating lunch until you had to come home anybody can do that you would be starving be when you walked in the door i wouldn't be happy about it no <laughs> but i mean seriously i mean you can but i mean you could during lunch technically just go out and get like you know something way smaller like a soup or like a sushi like when i first like yeah like i think like maybe that's what i need to switch to because there's a really good sushi place nearby that like you just grab like it's already pre-made and you just like maybe and it's pro- like that's protein it's clean like right. maybe you that's do just brown rice i mean I, when i was going to the nutritionist brown rice sushi six pieces was 200 calories so you you're like going all right so you have a bagel Maybe not the best thing in the morning, but still, at the end of the day, a bagel is probably like, what, 200 calories? It's probably better than like a bacon, egg, and cheese, which is what like I'd really yeah, want. Yeah, which would be like <laughs> 1,500 calories. So you're looking at 200 calories for a bagel. If you eat sushi for lunch, that's 200 calories. You're at 400 calories, but you're full until dinner time. Right. So now if you can have a 1,000-calorie dinner and be under 1,500 calories for the day, which is incredible. I mean, you're going to lose weight because you're going to burn more than 1,500 right, yeah. calories with you, even if you walk only a little bit to and from work. Yeah. So 
you know, where you get screwed up is it's kind of like, you know, you have dinner and then after you're done with dinner, you're kind of like, all right, I'm watching TV. And an hour later, it's like, you want a snack? I'm going to go in the kitchen and just take a look and see what we have. And it's like, there's no way you're still hungry. And I know you're not hungry. And it's just, just that I'm programmed to, to have a snack. Like, it's just that, like, I'm programmed that, like, after I eat, I have to have, like, some kind of dessert. Then have a Twizzler. Let's get York Peppermint Patties and have a York Peppermint Patty or an Andy's Mint or just something where it's satisfying but small. But it's not something that I could be like, because there's nights where we eat, like, I'll, I'll eat, like, eight Twizzlers. Like, I don't even particularly like Twizzlers. Like, after the but first one, I'm like, I'm done. calories is I not, know I that. mean, as you can have eight but Twizzlers to me, as opposed to. Like, a York Peppermint Patty is also, like, low fat. And right. I'd rather have that because, to me, chocolate is the ultimate treat. Well, we can get one and just know, like, all right, well, I eat dinner and I can either have, you know, a some Twizzlers yeah. or I can have a York Peppermint Patty after dinner and then that's it. But, you know, since you said that this is something that you're concerned about, I told you last night, I will kick your ass and make sure that you stick to whatever you want to stick to. Okay. Because, I mean. It's a date. All right. But just realize that me personally, I don't eat. So, I mean, I can really be kind of like a dick when it comes to this stuff and just I be like, I hadn't noticed eat again. seven and a half years of being together. I never noticed that you were a dick. What are you talking about? Yeah, whatever. whatever. <laughs> so is that this week's Roly Poly Rorty? I think that's it. I think we can end with me being a dick for Roly Poly Rorty. <laughs> that works for and everybody. I'm, and I'm brave for putting up with it. Yeah, you. <laughs> I'm All right. Well, I guess that wraps up this week's episode. That's it. Thank you all so much for listening. And I hope you all had a very good Memorial Day weekend. And a good short week ahead of you. Yes. We are all looking forward to a short week. If we're not looking forward to time off, we're looking forward to short weeks. Mm -hmm. Those are the two big things. We take whatever we can get when we can get it, where we can get it. (laughs) Pretty much. And uh, if you'd like to find out more about the High Regard Show, check us out at highregardshow.com. And you can always... Always write to us at highregardshow at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us on all social media outlets as High Regard Show, where we share funny quotes from episodes. We share behind the scenes little nuggets that we say to each other (laughs) and other things on social media. So again, it's High Regard Show. That's it. Everybody, hope you didn't get too crunked on your skinny Prosecco if you got a chance to try it. (laughs) And uh, we'll be back next week. Peace out, Cub Scouts. Good night, everyone. We're all gonna have so much fucking fun when we'll they need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles.